Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. So today, we welcome Will Huff and Heather Dewberry to the show. They're the design duo behind Huff Dewberry, Inc., a boutique residential interior design firm based here in Atlanta. And their partnership fashions homes that strike a balance between timeless beauty and modern comfort. Breathing new life into traditional style, Huff Dewberry creates stylish interiors that reflect the personalities and interests of their clients while incorporating the duo's confident design perspective. We're so excited to have you. Welcome, Will and Heather. Thanks, Liz. We're excited to be here. Uh, You guys are cover girl and boy right now, I hear. (laughs) Which yeah. is very cool. Of Atlanta, it's Atlanta Home Magazine. Atlanta Homes and Lifestyles, yes. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. It looks fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> yes, we're really excited to have November and December back to back. That was a huge, huge surprise and gift. We're very happy to be in there in the magazine twice. And the the cover, actually, I received the copy of the cover on my 50th birthday. So I have to Yay. say that was pretty Happy much the birthday. best 50th birthday. <laughs> Elizabeth Rawls, the editor, handed it to me as I went up to the show house. So that was pretty Aww. great for a 50th birthday present, too. It was awesome. Huge to be, again, you guys, just killing the covers. I'm so impressed. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how you started, how you met, what brought you into design? <laughs> well, I'll start just with the fact that I, my father was a decorator. And so I sort of grew up in the business and always wanted to do it. He actually tried to discourage me from getting into the business just because (laughs) I think it sounds a lot more glamorous than it is. He wanted to make sure I really wanted to get into it. And once, once I managed to convince him and got into the business, I ended up working with a designer named Dan Carruthers. And Heather was working there at the time. And that's actually where we met. I'll let you take it from there, Heather. Yeah, well, and the the fun part is our offices now, Will and I have been working together for 20 years. So we reached that milestone in February of this year. And our offices are actually in the same office where we worked for Dan Carruthers. So I sit in the same place I did when I was 22, (laughs) So, which is a lot of fun. And we've managed to, you know, grow together and do all of this over the past 20 years, which has been pretty, pretty incredible. And Heather, what was your beginning? So I, um, gosh, I interned for Atlanta's Lifestyles Magazine in college. I was an, um, an English major at Vanderbilt, and I thought I wanted to work in the magazine industry. And uh-huh. luckily, my mother knew someone at Atlanta's Lifestyles, and they had me for, as an intern for the summer. And I thought, oh, wow, like I've missed the boat. This is really pretty, pretty exciting and different. And so um, I went back to Vanderbilt. I took the only class they had in interior design that was related to interior design. It was an art history, you know, class eight ten in the morning, second semester, senior year, pass fail. I made an A. So anyway, I went to work in PR and didn't didn't care for it and got a lucky break and eventually ended up at Dan Carruthers for four years, 
or four and a half. So um, yeah, we were really, really fortunate to meet there. And then a couple of years later, Will and I were out with a bunch of friends and joking around about starting our firm and somehow we were crazy enough to do it. So <laughs> here we are. Oh my gosh. I love it too that it started as a joke. <laughs> we're <did>. gonna... <laughs> well, and I think then Will, Will told me my sofa in my apartment was in the wrong place and that he was going to fix it for me. So yeah. I think we had some late night decorating going on and, um, and he fixed it. So I thought, why not work with him? Right? Yeah, we joked about it for a while until Heather came into. I was managing at a, a brunch and confused showroom at ADAC, and Heather came in one day and made the joke that we always made. When are we going to start our design firm? And I looked at her and said, "I'm ready. Let's talk." And I think she kind of choked yeah. and walked away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did she answer your phone call for a while after that? Yes or no? Yeah. <laughs> I think that so. is so cool. So you guys have been working together, though, now for 20 years. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You must know everything about each other. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. We know a it's lot. Like, we're like siblings. Oh, and at this point, you have to be, right? Yeah. Okay. So on that note, I want to know what is, okay, Will, what is Heather's biggest strength? Oh, my gosh. So many strengths. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I feel like we've talked about this before. There are certain things that... Um, that we each maybe enjoy more than the others. I don't even mm -hmm. know if that's the right word, but like cabinet sure. hardware. I mean, she she can get into the to the jewelry aspect of the cabinetry much uh -huh. much um, with much more ease than I can. It's sort of I mm -hmm. have to sort of take a deep breath and go, and I love it, and it's important, and I do it. But you know, Heather just tackles it with like such zeal and is very excited about it. And that, and I've also said that her table settings are impeccable. So give her that too. Thank you, Will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, now it's Heather's turn. What's okay. Will's strength? So Will is great. I got a C in high school in geometry. So when there's anything that has to be worked out from an engineering or architectural you know, standpoint, when I get a little confused or I can't flip something over, then Will can definitely do that for me. And um, he's great at finding rugs. That is Will's talent. He or uh, one of them. But he is, he's excellent at figuring out. And it's sometimes the rug, I think, gosh, I don't know about that. And it's just perfect. So he, he definitely knows how to find the right rug for a room, which is great. Well, we're going to follow up with that because that's <laughs> a great question. All right, Heather, what is Will's weakness? Like the one you're always like, oh, he can't do this one. I got it. Oh, God. All right, well, I shouldn't be hesitating so long. You should be really excited that it takes me a few minutes to come up with one, right? <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine if you can. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, I mean, it's he can have he can none. Come back he could to be me. Perfect. I don't know, Will. Why don't you tell, Why don't you tell him what my weakness is, and then I'll see how um, kind I need to be. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to start any fights. It's okay. I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. I think, I think you've already answered yours. It's it's that math, the geometry, the the drawing of the right the. Right. That's true. Random. And then I guess on the flip, yeah, on the flip side of that coin, I mean, sometimes when, we, when Will and I work on a show house, you know, when we, mm -hmm. it's, it's always fun because we work a little bit more separately on our projects. Uh, we kind of run everything by each other, but one of us really heads up most of the projects that we're on. There are very few that both of us are on all the time. And so I'm a little more fly by the seat of my pants. You uh -huh. know, as far as like um, uh, groupings on walls, mm -hmm. Will will make sure that it is drawn in CAD and there's a beautiful elevation and he knows exactly where every bracket goes. And I just kind of go, it's going to work out. It's going to be great. And so somehow <laughs> the two of us together, when we do a show, how, you know, we can kind of figure it all out and it, you know, we both kind of balance each other out. I think that way. 
I bet that is the, that's when you get to play the most probably together, right? Yeah. In the show house. Yeah. Well, that's- we play plenty in the office, sometimes more than I'm sure Heather <laughs> likes because I'm constantly, we both are, but constantly coming in. I feel like there's, sometimes there's a fine line between something that's really creative or something that's really tacky. <laughs> and, you just, and then you have to bounce those ideas off of each other and come back mm-hmm. and say, okay, where am I with this? Is this going to be great or do, do we need to start over? We also have a game that Heather has dubbed the Do You Hate It game. <laughs> yeah. And we come to each Okay, other how do we and, play? Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll walk into Will's office and I'll say, okay, you ready to play a game of Do You Hate It? And so we show, <laughs> we show each other what it is or whatever. And I'm like, okay, do you hate it? You know, and then it, it, it's always fun. And usually we don't hate it. I mean, it's pretty unusual. But I mean, I think we've been working together for so long and Will and I, our taste is... We, get, we vary in some ways, but um, I think our taste is similar enough that mm-hmm. we agree. I'd say, what, 90% of the time, Will? I think so. And so when it's that last 10%, if Will really doesn't like it, I'm yeah. certainly going to reconsider it. It's not a definite that I will go with it or go against it, but it's, it, I always really pay attention to that 10% where we don't overlap and think, okay, maybe I need to rethink this. I love that. And I actually play that game with my team, too. Except I call it, is this ugly? And it's just, it's just, yeah. And it's good to put yourself out there and have that vulnerability of like, okay, is, is this really going to work? And yeah, that's awesome. I like to set a state, you know, that you got to have the whole state. I'm sure you do the same thing. You drag in the fabric and you drag, Mm -hmm. you're like, wait, 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 you got to see the whole thing first. (laughs) Right. Yeah. When we don't have everything in front of each other, it's called air drawing. And we don't like to play that game. Where you're describing yeah, I don't care for something, you know, give me the exact picture, layout, fabrics, then we can help each other. Yeah, I always call it air drawing when you're at a cocktail party and people find out you're a decorator and they say, okay, let me ask you about my living room. And then they start drawing with their hands. They say, my sofa's uh-huh. over here, my curtains are over here. And so that's always, that. that's the toughest kind of air drawing. Especially probably when you want to, again, be gracious enough to help them out. But you're also like, listen, right. I'm not in there. I, I have no you. clue what else is in there. This is not enough information for me to give it's you my a geometry tweet. deficit. I can't follow it. <laughs> That's when you say, you're like, oh, my partner's not here. I can't answer yeah. that question. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Better than I can. <laughs> so your partnership is definitely based on a great friendship. But what are some of the, what are some of the design overlaps that you both have? I think we both have a great appreciation for antiques and for things that clients have already in their possession when they come to us. I think we try to incorporate that. I think we both are very, we always start with a space plan. I think we're very practical, you know, as far as the the space planning is first, and then we move on to some of the more exciting creative things like fabrics or colors or rugs or things like that. But we, we always want to make sure that the room functions well first. Yeah, we both of us are good at coming up with creative solutions to tricky spaces. We do run our space plans by each other, even though we each head up projects. We we try to show each other every project so we know what's going on. But it's interesting, you know, when we're like when we're looking at a project and looking at all the space plans, you come back and we may each come up with a different idea or we'll say, Well, this might this one would work better. I think I like this one better than the other one. But I do think we both we're both fairly strong in that that aspect. 
I think too, Will and I both try to make sure that our clients, that our work doesn't look the same over and over again, mm -hmm. not to each other, but even just that our projects really reflect our clients. And I think a lot of people comment on that to us when they, when they go into a client's mm -hmm. house, they, they'll say, I had no idea you did it. And then of course I found out that it was you guys, you know, and, and it's fun to hear that they may not guess at first that Will and I did the job because mm -hmm. we don't have as much of a, our, our jobs run from very traditional to a little bit more clean lined. And so I, I think we both, we, Will and I think have an appreciation for a lot of different styles and a lot of different, and so we really try to figure out what, what the clients are excited about. No, and that's very true. If you look across the board at your work, you, I mean, your portfolio is just, it, it, it doesn't read the same rhythmic layout or design. And, and I think it's also the layered antiques in every, in every room. You have such a great layering of antiques. Do you guys find you often lead with the antiques when you're starting your room designs? Or is it something where you're like, okay, I want this whole wall to be a tapestry and then and layer it in? Which way do you guys usually go? I think a lot of our clients arrive with antiques. I think that's that's a big, a big factor in a lot of our work is that our clients have a lot of things that they, you know, they we're really lucky that they're been passed down through their families or that they people have given them. And so I think for Will and me, a lot of the challenge is figuring out how to use these things. Sometimes they don't actually even really care for some of the things that have been passed down to them. So it's trying to figure out how to give these pieces and these antiques new life and how to reinvigorate them or and use them in a new way. As like for instance, in the the December issue of Atlanta Homes Lifestyles that you were referencing, one of our clients they had a French chair that was covered in a pink and yellow. I think it was a Pierre Frech wall. It was beautiful, but you know it was from the eighties. And they, it was just not their style. And mm -hmm. we recovered it in this great looking, very graphic, simple fabric from Studio B. And it looks completely different. And I've received more comments about that chair, you know, and how much people love that. And our clients, they just couldn't even believe it was the same chair. So it's fun to do transformations to, with antiques or to use things that people, you know, wouldn't have thought or, you know, their mm -hmm. mother used it in one way or their grandmother did. And now it's fresh and updated and it feels, you know, hopefully we add the elements that make it feel like it's brought into today. Yeah, you just you guys do such a great job that no, no, none of your rooms feel like, oh, they did this in the, you know, early 2000s. So you definitely have done a great job transitioning these rooms. Um, I just also, again, you know, when we've talked about this, when somebody goes in and buys a whole catalog room and you're like, well, this was all just purchased. And right. so, you know, there's a depth to each room and your kind of layering is so fantastic. I wanted to know if I should start with the antique or not, because um, like, for instance, if you're shopping at our store or whatever, mm -hmm. you, you, okay, I can, that chair's measurements are this. Okay. I'll put that into my plan. Well, if it's a one-off antique at a store, maybe you haven't purchased it yet. You're thinking right. about purchasing. How do, how do I plan for that? Cause it's a one-off or do you just kind of an ish measurement that you're like, all right, it's an ish thing. We got to go find. I think it's definitely an ish. I mean, it, because we, a lot of times you know, the best laid plans, I mean, we, we will say we want something and then something completely different shows up, mm -hmm. you know, something mm -hmm. that's taller or wider or more color than we thought we needed. And so I think that's kind of where some of the magic happens is in mm -hmm. letting yourself, you know, be drawn to things and to, and when something really resonates with you and really speaks to you, then that's a great piece for you to incorporate, you know, and sometimes the best laid plans are meant to be messed up just a little bit, you know, and that's, that's kind of where <laughs> the, the great details that happen in the end and happen in the process. What are some other ways that you've updated antiques or updated the the life of an antique? 
Um, we, you know, I think we, a lot of times, you know, of course now brown furniture is coming back and everybody you mm -hmm. know, wants to, you know, use their antiques again. But I think we paint a lot of furniture too. Somebody will have something that they feel like is tired. And then if you put a glossy white paint on it, mm -hmm. on, a, on an ornate mirror, it shows up and it's just, you know, completely different thing and it's it's fresh and looks new so um mm -hmm. we paint a lot of french chairs and things like that that maybe had been darker in the past so they're just a little lighter and brighter so i think that you know adding a new finish to um to some of the older things makes a big difference mm -hmm. i so, totally agree yeah or sometimes it's i have this one coffee table at my house that belonged to my great aunt and it was black lacquer and it was just way too shiny just it didn't look like it should and so I left it in a basement for about two years. And now it looks fantastic. You know, like it just aged <laughs> out, it has scratches on it, you know, so now it's perfect. You know, so sometimes things are a little bit too perfect and they, you just need to give them a little, little age, a little character. I think rooms are a little better when they have a little character to them. All right. I actually had a question about you guys. You had another interview that I read um, where you guys were uh, talking about Dan, who you both worked with and how he had a khaki outfit or formula or something like that. And I, the reason I wanted to ask a question on it is you're talking how he always used a chocolate brown or an off-white. Like those are his like go-to colors, um, which I always find funny because I feel like there's like a generational thing too with that chocolatey brown that I'm wondering if that kind of color is coming back. Thoughts? I hope so because I'm sitting in chocolate brown chairs with my chocolate brown window <laughs> treatments and my chocolate brown sofa. <laughs> Thank God I didn't make fun of it. <laughs> I mean, it would no, be no. fun. You know, when my daughter was younger, when I asked what my favorite color was and I would say brown, you could just see the confused <laughs> look on her face. But I just, I don't know if it's from Dan, but I just, I love it. I love like a good, I was going to say, did you drink the Kool-Aid? I okay. must have. <laughs> well, no, I feel like Bunny Williams always does it well. And to your point, it's just... Uh, I see it done so well and I'm so scared I'll do it and it'll, it will look like I painted my room brown and you'll be like, ew, you know what I mean? So how, what's the best way to do brown? Hmm? I mean, there's not a wrong way to do brown, right? You say that. I don't know. Uh, you know, I have my, you know, brown, my, my bedroom is brown. Okay. And we have red and white window treatments in there. Maybe the wrong way to do it would be everything brown. You know, maybe the brown anchors the room on either mm -hmm. your sofa or some the walls, but maybe not too much. Walk us through your bedroom. So is it brown walls and then you have red and white it's a drapery? Red and white tall drapery. Okay. And then what's your bed? It's just a neutral upholstered headboard. Very simple. Okay. And then, our, and, then and then our bedding, our linens are cream with like the red embroidery, red monogram. So mm -hmm. it's great looking. Simple. It's, but it's very <laughs> simple. I, I can say so. It's not it's my funny. We were looking up. I mean, the funny, we've had the window treatments for, I mean, since we bought the house 20 years ago. And we were looking through old photo albums because, you know, as you're getting ready for Christmas and pulling everything out. We were flipping through and there were old pictures of the house in our bedroom and the beginning was beige. And so it was just this beige on beige room. And it's just so funny to look at it. It looks, it's so much sharper and crisper with the chocolate brown walls. And I still love it. I mean, I don't know how long ago we painted them, but I still love them. Do you guys have, would you say like, you know, each other's like go-to colors too? Well, probably. I mean, I would, I am a huge green fan. So I, I love green, but I probably work more in blues. 
I mean, I think that that's, you know, people, when I talk to people, they say, well, you're, you know, I love all your images that, you know, do you do any rooms that aren't blue? And I do a lot. So mm -hmm. I just think they, they, we haven't, you know, shared as much of those yet or things like that. But I do, I love blue. My mother did blue and white, the traditional classic blue and white. And so I think that's why I'm a green. And she has great taste and it's beautiful and it's so pretty. And I love to collect it for her, but I probably tend to, you know, do the greens just because that's, that makes it more my own. And, and, um, and I, I just love the energy of green. So greens are so beautiful right now. I just, I want to talk mm -hmm. about green for a little bit because are you leaning toward more of a jade green an emerald green, a sage like I mean, give it, give me all mint. of it. Where are you, where are you I absolutely going? love it. I just, I'm, so I just, I'm working on my bedroom right now, you know, while we're talking about bedrooms. And so I went with a green and yellow actually kind of scheme and it's all the shades of green. And so I love, I mean, I, I love the mossy greens that are kind of so, you know, really intense and deep. I love the Kelly's. I, lo I love every, the, the light greens. My husband, actually, I was remarried four years ago and he came with a pair of Gracie panels and they had, that was part of his dowry, his former decorator. So they <laughs> have yellows and greens in them and they're beautiful. And so that's kind of what started it off for me. But I just, I've always liked green. I, I don't know. I just, I have green velvet chairs in my house. I have a green velvet bench. I have green. I've just always had green. I love the cabbage, the green cabbage plates and it, it all works for me. I think all the sh different shades of green are, you know, I mean, I think that's too what gives it, gives it the depth it needs. It's just not all one color of the same green can get a little flat. I think it's pretty. And of course, having those Gracie panels to start with helps for sure. Yeah, that was, that was a good thing. why you married him? You know, it probably is. Might, maybe. You know, I, it definitely wonder. was a bonus when we were dating. <laughs> you know, I was like... And then, you know, he went and up. The, he went up. Yeah. Yeah. And then the funny part is, I don't know if you guys can see behind me. I'm in my dining room. I actually have a Gracie dining room, but we didn't install yeah. it. It was here oh. when we moved in. <laughs> and so oh, we have, I got twins. a laugh that we're the, you know, we love, we love Gracie. Will and I love to use Gracie, but um, here we are that, you know, I'm the double Gracie household, you know, by, <laughs> by luck. So it's, it's really nice. That is so funny. Okay, so what will what are your go-to colors you would say? I mean, I am probably a a brown and blue person, which is really funny because growing up, Heather talking about her mom having the the blues, my dad was a red, green, yellow, super traditional Scalabandre Brunswick. I mean, that was it and still is. And so when I started out in the business, I really I mean, I just could not understand blue why anybody would love a blue fabric like just couldn't couldn't grasp it and now everything in my house has except for our bedroom is just mm -hmm. it's all blue blue and brown blue and beige blue and cream all every shade of blue I do love green and green was probably a you know kind of a deeper deeper green I, I loved for a long time and I think that's what I started out with before my wife and I got married and now it's just evolved. That is so funny to me. Okay, Will, we have to ask about this rug thing. How do you pick the best rug, find these rugs? What's your tricks and tips for rugs? Well, you have to look at your space plan or take some measurements and try and figure out what your ideal rug is. Whether or not you're putting a, a smaller rug on top of a sisal as an accent rug inside a seating area or whether you want it to cover the whole 
room and you're trying to get within a foot of the walls so that you can incorporate the room or under a dining table where you have at least three feet on each side so your chairs can pull out. Once you do that, then you kind of have to give up on the perfect size (laughs) and start looking for what you love because Mm -hmm. a lot of these rugs do not finish off at the perfect sizes. I mean, you can, you know, yes, you can get a nine by 12, you can get an eight by 10, but you also may end up finding something that's a handmade rug that doesn't finish off exactly right. And Mm -hmm. it needs to work, but the bottom line is you've got to love it. I'd rather have a rug that was, you know, a few inches too small or a few inches too big as long as, you know, you just loved it. And you have to look at a lot of rugs. I mean, they're, you know, you just have to open them up. I mean, it's difficult and you really need to see them in person walking on both sides to both sides of the rugs. And, you know, a lot of these rugs, they change colors from side to side. So deciding whether or not you want to look at it from the light side or the dark side and how it's going to go in the room. (laughs) So I know Uh there's, there's, there really is a lot to it. Heather and I laugh because we try not to take too many rugs out to a project on site to lay out just because it's a lot of trouble. So we generally narrow it down to kind of our top three. And inevitably, once we get in the house and lay them all out, it's what we thought was our second choice typically ends up being our favorite. Don't ask me why. It just does. Yeah, every time. It's always choice two. Really? You look at it with the fabrics, you look at it in the showroom and you think, Uh this is it. This is fabulous but let's take out these three and just try them. And, uh-huh. and inevitably the second one, you're like, this just feels right in the space. So I, I think there's a lot to seeing it in the space too. When do you use one that is tons of color? What kind of rooms would you use one that has a lot of vibrant colors? And when would you try to use one that's more muted? Gosh, I mean, I would go with the vibrant colors in your family room, maybe your living room if you want it to be vibrant. Even your dining room can certainly, if you've got a very vibrant rug, can hide some spills. Mm -hmm. Quieter colors. I mean, I could use those really anywhere, whether it's a living room, family room, but bedrooms for sure. I don't, I think I would probably stay away from the strong colors in a bedroom. Just, just because I I tend to like bedrooms that are a little bit more restful. Uh, Yeah. I feel like we've heard that across the board. We try to make that more of a sanctuary versus loud but now if if you're doing like a wallpaper in a room would you then start to do more of a muted rug you know if like you visually your space is busy is that when you would take it down you know it would depend on the client and depend on Mm -hmm. the rug i would say as a general rule yes i mean if you have a busy wallpaper for sure you would probably want a more calm rug i think heather and i try not to have too many stars in the room you Mm kind of want if it's if the wallpaper is a showstopper let the wallpaper be a showstopper. If you want the rug to be a showstopper, let's let everything mm-hmm. else kind of complement it. Maybe pick one color out of the rug and play that up. And it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a dominant color. If you've got this beautiful multicolored rug that has a, a touch of a blue or a touch of a green in it, that's only these, you know, two inch little spots throughout, maybe pull that up. And, and you know, it's mm-hmm. in the rug. It will play well with the other colors. And then it won't look like everything blends in too much. Okay. So I want to know, so what trends, because your work is, is so traditional and really kind of not nodding to many trends at all. So what trends are going on right now that you like? And as we go into the new year, what trends would you like to see left behind? <laughs> 
would say, I mean, the biggest thing I would love to see left behind are people that just kind of keep copying other people and are, you know, like sometimes you just feel like you see such a sameness if you look at it, say an Instagram or something like that. And I feel like it's, you know, instead of trying to, you know, and I can see, oh gosh, they actually just copied that person's room and they Mm -hmm. changed this around a little bit of that. I think it it would, and that maybe that's not a trend so much, but I, I hope that as social media evolves, that people are inspired to really create from, you know, create for themselves. And you don't have to copy somebody else's room perfectly to have a great room, you know, that you can venture out and make it your own a little bit more. And we don't see the same thing over and over again as much. Yeah. Take, take that, that Instagram picture as inspiration and make it your own. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Versus copy paste. For sure. Plus, who wouldn't want to put your own, I don't know, your own stamp on something? Like, I would yeah. much rather be inspired than be like, okay, well, I stole this from Heather and Will. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, very flattering. I, it's it's great. You know, and, yeah. and I think it is very flattering for anybody whose work, you know, has been, somebody wants to emulate it. I think it's great. But mm-hmm. there's just so much, there's so many different things out there. There's so many things that are pretty uh, that, you know, make a room fantastic that I think it's fun when people explore a little bit further. Well, and for someone who, who isn't hiring a designer and it's not a designer for someone who's, you know, going at it on their own. You know, I think knowing that there really are no rules, this Mm -hmm. is something, take the inspiration, choose what you love because you're going to end up loving it anyway. And ultimately it's for you. It's not to impress other people. It's for you to have, you know, ultimately Heather and I are, we are decorating boxes that keep us safe from the elements. If you want to look at what we do, but, <laughs> but mentally and emotionally, we need those aesthetically pleasing rooms. We, we need those colors. We need to mm-hmm. look around and love what we see. And so if you're putting into a room what you love, it's going to be special to you. And that's really what it, what right. it needs to be. You know, Will, I would also say that you and I were, are glad to see some of the gray go Yes. I mean, that, I think that's been going away for a while, but that was, I think that, you know, being since Will and I maybe air a little bit more on the chocolate brown end of the spectrum, you know, I guess, <laughs> you know, we're, we're more of the chocolate brown beige variety. We've done some things in gray mm-hmm. that I think are really pretty, but I think that, I think the other colors maybe are a little happier and the blues and the greens that I, I think it's, it's nice now to see people using so much color, even on their sofas, you know, so I feel like for a long time, everything was very neutral and maybe mm. gray or beige. And I think it's fun now to see people have a blue sofa or have a green mm. sofa or have mm. things that are a printed sofa. I love that as a print on it. And you really make a commitment, make a statement and go for it. So we yeah, love seeing and, some of those things coming back. And I feel like we've continued to use those colors and continue to have patterns. And I mean, it's like when you hear people now for the past few years, oh, wallpaper's coming back. And I I'm like, oh, did it did it go away? I missed that memo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've always I've always used it. it. You know, the designs, the patterns we might change. We might go with the more updated pattern, but I think the the brown furniture trend coming back, I'm thrilled to see that. Again, I've always used it. It's never gone away. <laughs> I was gonna say right. so that wallpaper and brown furniture didn't go away right. ever. Never went so away. Y'all right. were confused. You were like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> did anyone <laughs> nobody on. told us it left? <laughs> no. Right. I feel like the trend for like gray sofas or like neutral sofas is definitely like a longevity thing. Like I feel like people purchase those thinking like, oh, well, it'll go with anything. And but really, it could be just a showstopper in the room or the launching point mm-hmm. for everything in the room. Yeah. And I think of Absolutely. wallpaper also with longevity. Like, how do you choose 
a wallpaper because you don't want to be taking wallpaper up and down every few years if it's something that's trendy. How do you select a wallpaper if you're not lucky enough to move into a Gracie home? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, I, my daughter and I actually painted the cabinets in our laundry room during COVID. So that was one of the things we did kind of as a mother-daughter bonding activity. And so we chose a wallpaper to go in our laundry room. It's, it, actually, it's blue and white. Now that I've said I don't do blue and whites, um, it's, perhaps <laughs> it's a little more peacock blue, perhaps it's a little more aqua, but it's pretty darn darn blue and white. But I think you just, uh, if you, I, if I'm choosing something for myself or even for a client, I think you, with wallpaper, you, you select it and you kind of sit with it, you know, and just make sure that, you know, we don't, I don't, we don't probably pull a wallpaper for a client and show it to them that day, but things that are timeless or that feel like they'll, the last, I mean, I just think wallpaper gives, it gives such a lift to the room that it's worth the risk. It's really worth the investment and, and, and you just make sure it's hung well by somebody who, if you do it yourself, make sure you use great glue and things like that. So that'll, if you ever do need to bring it down, you know, it comes down well, obviously, but I think that it, it's just worth it. It always, they well a great wallpaper just makes the room. People always love that. They do. And it's funny. I've had some clients where you start, you wallpaper a room, two rooms, and then they just, they, it makes such a difference that texture of the paper. Mm-hmm. They want to go back and then wallpaper more and wallpaper more. And it becomes one of these things <laughs> yeah. where nothing, you know, and of course you need a little bit of a rest. Everything can't be wallpapered, but, but it's, it's funny what it can do. You're like, okay, so no, you cannot have that room wallpapered. We're you sorry. You, you've done, is, you're on. Yeah. <laughs> the limit has been reached. <laughs> well, you guys had a, a post in, or you were in Southern Home and you had a wooden living room. It had a fireplace and some sofas and it was beautiful. And it was a beautiful wood color. And then you had seagrass, like a chocolatey seagrass, a wallpaper on the ceiling. It looked fantastic. It was like a warm, fuzzy box that I wanted to go sit in all day. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. That, that room had great bones. It was a great architect. That was Norman Askins. So I mean, when, you, when someone gives you a fabulous room, you just say thank you and everything will look great in it for sure. How did y'all decide to put wallpaper on the ceiling there? You know, to be perfectly honest, I don't think it's wallpaper on the ceiling. I it's think it's not? Wood. Is it textured? I think it's wood. Oh, was yeah. it? The I darker chalk? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to take, I'd really love to take credit for that, but I really don't think we did it. I thought yeah. it was seagrass. No, yeah, that's, no, I think it's wood. It was a great texture either way. I, I 100% was like, oh, that was good. Yeah. Never mind. It was just beautiful architecture, yeah. but I love well, the dark on the ceiling. And, and we have, you know, we do use wallpaper on the ceiling. And as far as like when you, when you decide to do that and you're looking, mm-hmm. I mean, some of that becomes, it's when you start at the beginning of those projects and you're looking around at each room and trying to figure out which, which trick, quote unquote, to use. Mm-hmm. What do I want to have that's special about this room? Sometimes that is, why don't we wallpaper the ceiling in here? Or yeah. if you have mm-hmm. beams that you're like, I want these beams, so I need to bring it down a notch. I mean, let's do a grass cloth. Like we've done grass cloth on the ceiling with wooden beams. Yeah. And, Why did I call so, it seagrass? Grass cloth. Thank you. Gosh, thank you guys. You should have corrected uh, me. You could put seagrass on the ceiling if you wanted well, to. That's true. That's true. Uh, I think grass cloth. I'm so sorry. Not um, all. actually. I, we were just in France this summer, and one of the decorators had done one of the chateaux, and they they had hung seagrass on the walls. I mean, it was fabulous you know and you walked through and it was this chunky seagrass on the walls it was i think it was jacques garcia it was beautiful in one of the old chateaux so anyway you could put seagrass on the ceiling or on the i walls. knew why it not? that's that's why, why i said rules? it yeah <laughs> 
And then recently too, and again, your Instagrams are great. I totally would recommend anyone listening to go take a look. But you even on there spoke to the sunroom that was a dark color in Atlanta. I think it was an Atlanta home. And yes, and um, it was a dark color and you really focused on the outside because it was such a little dark box that your eye was led outside. And it was such a great tip because when I think about a sunroom, just traditionally, it's light and bright. Like anyway, it was, it, it was true. My eye went straight to the scenery and then it came back in and pulled apart pieces of the room. So um, Thank great you. Well, it's a great tricks. trick. Just, I mean, just like iron windows, you kind of see straight through, you know, the, the mm-hmm. dark colors, you see, you really see the outside sometimes more than you do when you have all the white mullions, you know, things to see mm-hmm. through. So it's great. I will say on that sunroom, we'd planned to paint it dark and then it was primed white. We all bit our nails and said, let's, let's just do it. Let's go for it. It's just paint. Oh, really? So we, we, we second yeah. guessed ourselves because it was so pretty and white, but it turned out fabulously in the graphite color that we ended up with. It was, so thank you. It really, it, it's a beautiful room and fun to be in too. It's very cozy. Mm, yeah, I thought it was a great tip to tell everyone listening just because I was like, it, it's so true. My eye, you're right. My eye is going really outside. Enjoy yeah. the outdoors. Okay, Liz, did you have any other burning questions? <laughs> no, I would love to get on to the decorating dilemma if we have time. Yes, would y'all like to help us this week's? Absolutely. It is from Casey. She says, hello, Ballard ladies and gentlemen. I love the podcast. I've been listening obsessively since we bought our new home in July. You and your guests give such great advice. I was hoping you could help me with our new family room. Our new family room is a lovely space. The room will serve three main functions. First, it's a true family room, a place where my husband and I can talk at night. We can play games and it will probably be our Christmas tree room. We have our TV in another room, so we do not need to plan for that. Next, my husband is a priest, and it is our hope that this house will be used regularly for hospital and regularly entertaining of parishioners, neighbors, and family. We want a comfortable, livable place for people to gather. Finally, if we all serve as our music room as well, we have an heirloom piano and several other instruments that we will enjoy playing and listening to. The previous owners did a beautiful job with the landscaping, and we've got this giant window overlooking the backyard. We want to take full advantage of the light and the view. The plan so far is we have some rich, saturated colors in other parts of the house, and we want this room to be light and bright. The walls will stay the current color, the ceiling will be painted, and we plan to mask the red brick somehow. We have purchased two swivel chairs pictured with the hopes that people can easily talk, look at the window, fireplace, or the piano. Then we have this sofa our thrift find of a lifetime, currently at the upholsterer. It'd be done in a yummy, warm, blue-green velvet that we're so excited about. We really want the sofa to be the main color moment in here with rugs, pillows, accessories, bringing the rest. Okay, so number one is, one, they love the sofa. This is the seventh house we moved into. My husband literally walked the street of Manhattan on a dolly to get it in our apartment when we were poor grad students. Now we are finally having it redone. The problem is the arms are so high, we have never been able to find a good side table solution. In the past, we've been lower and tucked under the curve of the arm, but it felt awkward and risky putting drinks down with a dramatic high arm like this. Can you suggest a side table? Okay, that's one. And then two window treatments. The side of the window closet 
close closet to the built-ins does not leave much wall. I'm perplexed on where to place drapery panels. And then three, um, the speakers in the room have to stay. They are her compromise, but she wants to know if, if there's a way to kind of hide them. Yeah. My question, what do I make the focal point of the room? Okay. So, so should we describe the sofa first? Should, if that's question number one, yeah, we're we talking layout. How do you want to? How well, do you guys want to? Yeah, <laughs> Heather and Well, how do you want to? How do you want to well, start this one? I mean, I think you know, if we're starting on that, and just for listeners, the sofa, the arm goes is it's a scrolled arm that goes all the way up to the height of the back, which I'm assuming is going to be somewhere around 34 to 36 inches. Just you know, guessing, looking at it. Yeah, it has and a very so, dramatic hourglass look to it, the arms and, do. And it, and it extends out for the entire depth of the sofa. So, you know, you're reaching over to put your glass down on a, on a table, side table. And, you know, not knowing the exact height, Heather and I typically, we tend towards side tables that are 28 inches high, maybe up to 30 inches high for really any sofa, whether it has a low arm, taller arm. It, that typically looks good with a lamp on it scale-wise. You still, in this situation, might be leaning over to put your drink down, but at least it's it's not a low side table. But I would look at that and think you could, instead of having a big side table, you could have floor lamps beside it with smaller drinks tables that kind of can sit out in front of the sofa a little bit so that you've got a place to put your drink down. Your light is still up you know, high enough where it's not completely in your face. And it would take up less room. It looks like it's sitting up against the wall opposite those opposite of the club chairs. So you know, give you a little bit more wall space too. I love that idea because a drinks table would not take away from the drama of those arms. That seems to that sounds awesome. No, I think that's a great solution. And wildly smart too, especially if you're having guests, which is what they're kind of hoping. Right. I would imagine once once they get that once they get that in too, I would imagine there's going to be a coffee table which people could put drinks on the coffee table, and you mm-hmm. could just have floor lamps even if you didn't want the drinks tables. You know, just keep it very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the second question is about window treatments. Um, they have some big, beautiful room or windows in that room. Um, so, what would you think if they don't have that much side on the sides of the window for the drapery? So we looked at it and thought that, I mean, the window, I mean, it's this pretty, you know, bay window, basically, that you can, you know, put, we can, t- we would tuck the panels into the window and mm-hmm. it, and go all the way up to the crown. I mean, I think one of the things that Will and I do is, you know, most often is we make sure that your window treatments go all the way from the crown molding in the room to the floor. You know, don't stop them at the top of the window because that mm-hmm. makes your room much taller and much higher. And it just, it really, it, it it just makes it a lot more graceful. So we looked and felt like they have plenty of room to do one width window treatment panels stacked basically in between all of the windows in the bay. Uh, there's but and not not try to stack on the outside of the bay, which would push into their bookshelves or into other areas. But you know, a nice light, whether if they want to keep it light and bright, it's not just a simple white. Is it simple, you know, white trimmed out with maybe some of the blue green that they're talking about that's on the sofa that they're recovering or, Mm -hmm. you know, or simple print that's white with a a nice lighter blue green of some sort. But we think that that with a rod, you know, a a drapery rod that goes within the the window would work great. 
And then the last question they had was about the speakers and they have to stay, but how do they kind of do the mantle focal, because it's a brick wall right now between two white built-ins. How do you make that a focal point and make it look a little bit cleaner and fresh? So I'll speak to the brick. I think if you just painted the brick the same white as the bookcases and that in that uh, mantle piece and let it become, I mean, that brick painted white will look great, have a great texture and have interest. I think that'll make the wall, instead of it broken up, it'll just like the, look like a very beautiful white wall with a lot of interest. And, and, and that way you're not, right now you focus on that red brick. Mm-hmm. And we talked about maybe the backs of the bookcases. Do you paint those either on a like one shade lighter than the blue green that's going on your sofa, you know, just to give a little bit, you know, just a little bit of interest down at that end, or, you know, we love wallpaper. Do you add a little just slightly textured, you know, white and blue green wallpaper in the very back of it, just to give your eye a little something else to, to see back there and to distract you a little bit from the, from the speakers. And that, that, and, and, you know, what goes in the bookcases with, with the speakers, you know, the speakers are, they're in a projects that we do, maybe not quite that big, but you know, they're, they're one of those things that need to go in the bookcases sometimes. So, you know, finding that collection that you fill the bookcases with, and it's not just a few books You're getting some symmetry, taking that, those mm-hmm. bookcases and making, you know, a, a, a planned layout for them so that the speakers kind of become a part of that. You know, maybe there's something dark that goes in the bookcases on the other side so that it balances out. Right now, you've got the one dark speaker on each side. If you put something else dark with it, does that balance out? And I think some of that depends on what, what you do with the backs. If you, you know, if you paint it or have the wallpaper and you know how to play that up. Well, this is a, such a pretty room and it's going to have so many different uses for their family and friends and, and community. And they have the swivel chairs and they ha- that can swivel out to the window or really to the pretty. fireplace or to the piano. Is there anything that you would do differently with the layout? And then secondly, what about a rug? Because they don't currently have a rug. Would you mm-hmm. do one big? Would you do multiples to kind of break out spaces? Yeah, I think one big rug would definitely help to soften that area and tie it together for sure. Um, you know, it's it's interesting space plan wise. I was looking at it, trying to figure out from the pictures. Um, you know, you could throw a bench in front of the fireplace. You know, a few more perching spots. They're only going to have room. I see another chair in the room, but my guess is once the sofa's in there, you're if you only have room for four to sit and you want to have more people over. It'd be nice to either have a bench or to these chairs, you know, is there another chair that can sort of sit beside the sofa just to kind of give a little bit more seating? Yeah, I was thinking, just me, I was thinking, I was like, oh, well, you need to get some fabric in here if you're going to be playing piano and you got speakers. We're, this is a right. loud room mm-hmm. right now yeah. with no, no absorption yeah. of sound. Yeah. The rug and the window treatments would help a lot with that. You're right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, I think we answered everything, guys. I think this will be a lovely space. Um, I would definitely try to get some, like, com- a few extra little seating options in there, too, if you're going to have something you can pull in, uh, maybe in the, another room or tucked under an entry console, maybe some little X benches or something so you can kind of grab some more if, if you have lots of people over. 
That's my only other thought. Throw pillows would be great too. You know, it looks like the oh. the, the shapes mm-hmm. and the lines of their upholstery are great, but it you know just to add a little bit more personality or comfort or show a little bit more about them and just be, they sound like really welcoming people, you know, and they sound yeah. like they're going to have a lot of guests and um, it'd be, I think that kind of says, come in and sit down and be comfortable and maybe a throw or two, mm-hmm. like I, sure. pillows and throws are always nice for making people feel a little more comfy. Well, thank you guys. I think we answered that one. I think she's good to go. Good. <laughs> Well, can you guys tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work? So my Instagram is Heather Dewberry. And mine is at Will underscore C underscore Huff. A little bit more difficult. And then our website is HuffDewberry.com, which we keep updated to some degree. But, you know, seeing you get to see a lot more of our work on Instagram for sure. Well, your Instagrams are great Um, for anyone, again, just looking for tips and tricks and just always beautiful inspiration. Um, So um, please check it out because I I enjoy diving deep. Thank you. And a huge shout out to Ballard right now for um, helping us with our Christmas photo shoot that um, you guys loaned us product for. So if you look, there are a lot of Ballard things that are showing up in our Instagram right now. Oh, you're welcome. I did so much of that. You did it all. Yep, I was involved for sure. <laughs> oh, that well, I'm glad. I'm so glad you guys used us. We appreciate it too. I mean, again, it's like you said, when you build a beautiful room, it's nice to see all the components come together. So thank you for being the master mixers over there. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating.